I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 53. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Today, I am interviewing Kieli Jael. I always don't want to screw up her name because it's amazing and gorgeous like her. She is going to teach us all about bringing the sexy back in the kitchen. And most of her work previously has been with women. So I want to say some of this is directed very much at women, but for the men who like to listen, please listen. You will learn yourself. I do have her talking about men today, so I want to throw that in. So Kiali is a holistic chef and sensuality coach for women. That's basically what she does. She was born and raised on the beautiful island of Guam, but she has trained in New York City, where she's uh, currently living, has combined her passion for food and cooking and her background in sensual movement and dance to basically strengthen our relationship with food, our sensuality, and ourselves. How do you like that? (laughs) So she is all about feeling healthy, powerful, and confident and sexy. That's her thing for women. And doing that through food and our relationship to food and cooking. And so for any of you listening who hate to cook or love to cook or whatever, it doesn't matter. She's going to cover it all today. So without further ado, I'm going to take you over to the interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your ever-loving host, Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm really excited to have Kieli Jael here today on the podcast. I've known her for a few months now, since January, and we've been chit chitting and chatting and and talking about how to get her on the podcast and what she could offer you guys. And I think what we came up with is dynamite. So, hey, Kelly, welcome. Hi, Abby. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, so excited to have you here. It's great. Uh, And my audience knows I always say I'm so excited, but I am always so excited. So it's good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited too. (laughs) So we're going to talk about food, cooking, and sensuality today. And I wanted to give a shout out uh, to the men that this is largely a lot of Kaylee's work is with women. However, she does work with men also sometimes. And 
that if you're a man listening, you should listen. You should keep listening because to understand really how your woman works and, and what's going on in her brain. And also, if you're the one who likes to cook and maybe she doesn't, um, Kelly's going to give you some great little tips for that too. So I'm going to start, though, with asking. So tell me how, tell us how you came to this work and what exactly you're doing these days. Okay. Well, I'm a holistic chef and a sensuality coach for women. So pretty much I help women cook healthy and feel sexy and confident in the process. And it's super fun to do. I came into this business kind of on accident. I was in the fashion industry for 15 years as a fashion designer. I was designing handbags at the time and it was my long-term career. And I got very, very sick with a nickel poisoning. And it's from doing something really simple, like getting metal braces in my mouth. Never thought it would happen. Yeah. And so I was poisoning myself for seven months and had no idea. It was awful. Yeah, I know. Wow. Um, um, I had like rashes from head to toe. NYU doctors couldn't figure out what the heck to do with me. They just kept taking biopsies of my skin and saying, you have an infection. Yes, I know. So where does it come from? Long story short, they couldn't solve it, so I decided to take matters into my own hands and to figure it out on my own. I figured it out. It was the braces. I just Googled everything. Not like Googling is the best, but sometimes it can lead you in the right mm -hmm. place. It just depends yeah. on the situation. And then I just decided to eliminate all the drugs, all of the medications, and all of the foods that weren't serving me and start from scratch. And this was back before veganism was even, you know, really that popular. This was back in 2008. Wow. And so I had to figure it out through food and cooking. It took me a whole year to clean myself out. And that's how I started on this path. So then I went to health supportive culinary school while I was working full time in the fashion industry. I started doing little catering here and there, all under plant-based nutrition. I was a vegan for six years. Now I'm not, and I'll explain why in a bit. But it was really a sort of a, a time of self-discovery. And then I realized that I really wanted to help women figure out and discover what was going on with them health-wise that you know people, doctors, weren't, weren't helping them with. And I want to help coach them through the process so they can learn how to heal themselves through food because it's wow. totally possible. That's great. Oh, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Love it. And I also tapped into the sensuality aspect of it because I started working on a lot of sensual movement for myself because at the time, you know, there's nothing worse than as a woman and as a man where you just don't feel attractive. Mm -hmm. And it was like at the lowest point of my life and I wasn't, I didn't feel beautiful. I didn't feel sexy, but I always knew that it was in me. And so at the same time of doing that, I was working, you know, with myself on my own sensual movement. I started taking different kinds of like sensual dance classes to figure out how best to do that. And that's how I started fusing the two together because it's so important as a woman to nourish yourself with food to heal yourself but also to heal your sensuality because it's very much you know a natural thing for us women to to put out there in the world and to feel good about mm, I love that and I definitely have a lot of people who listen who struggle with body image and a lot of my audience has had babies and you know we gained some weight after that and thinking that you have to have sort of this either this perfect body or this much better body to want to have sex in a really, you know, open way or thinking you have to lose 10 pounds or five pounds or whatever to meet that person of your dreams. Yeah. And uh, obviously I always kind of get on people about this, um, but this relates to that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It totally does. And you know, there is no one diet. There is no one way of looking, one way of thinking. We're in a world that constantly moves and changes and we have to constantly move, move and change. And I'm 
38 years old and my body at 21 is totally different from now. And I've just had to accept it, acknowledge it, and then thrive in it. And it's made me feel so good about myself. And I do it all through, you know, being healthy and just loving my body because you know what? We only have one life. And so we just have to just, you know, love ourselves. You know, our best relationship we have is with ourselves. And then once we have that with ourselves, then we can love other people. Mm -hmm. Fully. I agree. I agree. And I must say the older I get, the less I'm worried about how my body looks exactly. I'm much more accepting. And I realized how great I looked when I thought I didn't. Isn't that Um, funny how that works? Yep. And I think most women come to that at some point. So uh, those of you who aren't in your 50s yet, it gets better that way. Um, Although, you know, things start to go in in different ways, but to really love ourselves and I'm strong and I can get where I need to be and I, I can feel sexy and all those things despite not being perfect or you know, having some perfect kind of body type. So I love it. And so you start on this path and then uh, tell me more about how the, how the two of them have fused the cooking and the sensuality. They fused because I help shift women's perspectives on cooking to a way more sensual meditative place. You know, meditation, yoga, all of that is so popular nowadays. And I totally thrive off of it. I do yoga. I meditate pretty much every single day. But if a lot of people, I hear this from a lot of clients, like, oh, cooking is such a pain in the butt, or I don't have time. You know, I I just, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't feel good about it. Everything I make is just, you know, not, doesn't taste good. Okay, well, I totally get that. And that's where they are in that space. But it's really more about like, acknowledging the fact that you think about that and shifting your perspective on cooking to a way more meditative place and actually using the act of cooking from start to finish, prep, cooking, and cleanup as your meditation because it's totally possible. And then putting that energy, you know, putting that energy into, you know, slicing that carrot, you know, with a lot of compassion and like actually being grateful and thankful that you have this fresh food and that we're lucky enough to have it. You know, because things that grow out of the ground, that's beautiful. That's for our nourishment. And we eat those things. And then everything we eat that comes out of the ground has different energetic properties for us that as women, we're not aware of. And I think women deserve to know, you know, what certain foods can do for them because then they'll be more encouraged to eat them and cook them. Yes. So if you shift your perspective on cooking to a way more meditative place and actually say, okay, well, instead of me laying on the couch for, you know, hours scrolling on my phone and ordering a pizza and then feeling like crap for, you know, the next few days, I'm going to like breathe it in, breathe out, get up, go to my kitchen, prep, play some nice music, pour a glass of wine and take the next hour and focus on total nourishment. And that's what I'm going to do. And, okay. if, and through that process, women start to learn what flavors they like, what they don't like, because it's never perfect. You know, that's another thing about cooking that people don't realize is that cooking is never perfect. You make one thing and then you taste certain flavors and you're like, okay, this could have used more of this or more of this. And this is all a learning process, but it's a beautiful process. And what you're really learning to do is learning how to nourish yourself and what your body likes and needs. And then you start the intuitive process in your mind of saying, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe today I would want more of like a salad or, you know, this day I want more of whatever. I'm just making it up. But yeah, you know what I mean? And so, oh yeah. And I think, so I, you know, my dad 
was a chef and I mm-hmm. grew up cooking and I love cooking. It's something so I, lucky. I so actually lucky. enjoy. <laughs> I know. Um, but for, I'd say so many of the women I meet in practice and certainly uh, people who write in, these are usually very busy career women or moms or whatever. So number one, the issue of making food that everybody likes and trying mm-hmm. to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And number two, I know having a whole hour to cook dinner and not be doing something else, the mm-hmm. multitasking around it, I think is a huge deal. So I think however you're listening right now to what Kaylee's saying, I know some of you right now are like, oh, please, I don't have an hour to think about that. I'm also <laughs> doing X, Y, and Z when I do that. Yeah. I would say to you, because I talk about self-awareness and mindfulness all the time, that even if you took 15 minutes to do this, yes, or yes. a half hour or five minutes even, just yes. to really focus and really cut the vegetables and be in the moment mm-hmm. and slow down. Everything else can wait. No matter what you're doing, I want you to be in the moment and not multitasking on 50 things. So, and this one, which nourishes, nourishes you and nourishes your family. And if you can start to think, maybe shift the mindset around it, which is what you're talking about, I hear, which yes. I love. And really shifting that mindset of this is thing I have to do to, to check, check off my list or this thing yeah. I hate doing versus here's this thing I'm doing to nourish myself, nourish my family, and that it's an act of service both to myself and to my family, right? Yes, so It's exactly. a very different way to approach it. It is, yeah. It, to me, it reminds me a lot of meditation. People don't like to lay down. I, okay, when I first started meditating, I was that person who laid down and then would just make lists in my head of everything I need to do. Like I was still multitasking in my head, even though my body was just laying down or sitting down. Mm-hmm. So I had to get used to it. And, yeah. not, and learn not to multitask. So even if, you know, let's say you have 20 minutes, because I, I, I think about my sister. She's 43. She's got two kids, 12 and eight, and they are a single mom, constantly in her face about everything. Oh, yeah. So I think about her and her inability to just like, you know, cook something. But she just has to tell them, listen, this is my time. You go off and do your own thing. I'm making this for us. And the better mindset that you have about cooking and the more positivity you bring to it, the better it's going to taste. I know that sounds crazy, but it's totally true. You know, in in Eastern medicine, they say that if you have, you know, to eat with with joy and with gratitude and with positivity and never around negativity, never around, um, you know... uh, resentment, anger, mm-hmm. hate, because that's going to make your body, you know, it, it's not going to help you digest. You're mm-hmm. actually, your body will work against you <clears throat> and have an inability to digest. It's so true. Oh, yeah. So in order you to bring that positivity to your cooking, so even if you have 20 minutes, let's say, and you have already prepped some stuff, you know, ahead of time, and you already know what you're going to make, throw it all together, you know, cook it, in your, in your cast iron pan or whatever you're going to do, bake it for a little bit and just like take that moment to find joy and gratefulness in that moment. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I, and I, I know for myself when I've invited my kids and then when they were little to come cook with me, Mm -hmm. instead of seeing it as this whole separate thing, like I'm over here cooking, you have to go over there and, uh, you know, plan your iPad or amuse yourself or whatever. It's so important. It's a really different thing. And, and of course that's how I grew up. So that's why I did it. You know, my dad would have me right there cooking with him and using knives, which I want you to talk about. Yes. Um, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I also noticed that my kids would taste things that they wouldn't eat at the table. Mm-hmm. So when they were cooking with me, they would taste the cucumber, <clears throat> red pepper or the whatever. But if I just put that on the table, 
there would sometimes be like an argument about it. Mm-hmm. And so I would find that they would eat all their vegetables or fruit or whatever before we even sat. And I didn't have to worry about what they eating that at the table. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's, I mean, I do that with my nieces because I, like I said, I have two nieces and mm-hmm. since the eldest one, she's going to be 13 next month or in two, in two months. And every time I'm with her, you know, since she was a kid, we've always been in the kitchen cooking. It's kind of our thing. So I was just with them in California because they live not nearby. They live in the Bay Area. And I just had Sophie, all right, we're going to, this is how you're going to cut a bell pepper. And I show her how to hold the knife and she's 12. So she can do this. If she yes. can swim, she can cook. She can hold yeah, a knife. Yeah, really. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a survival skill. So, you know, I said, cut it this way. And I just showed her a template and I said, see this white part, you're going to lay it down and then take the knife and angle it down this way and, mm-hmm. you know, just shave off that one part and then cut it into julienne slices. And she did it. She oh, loved yeah. it. So I, I say if you have kids, get them to cook with you and make it make it an event. And it doesn't have to be every night. And this is right. pe- where people get overwhelmed. They're like, oh my God, just the idea of prepping every night and putting it away and blah, blah, blah. You don't have to do that. Make it a once a week thing and get used to it and then make it an event in your household. If you have, you know, more than two kids, make it a big, you know, a big family cooking night where everyone does one thing. And I think it's really a matter of setting yourself up for success. And this is what I hear a lot of, you know, not enough people have a sharp chef's knife. You know, they just have like a kind of a crappy dull knife and that's so dangerous. You know, it sounds like it's the opposite, but the truth is you need to have a sharp knife because it's safer. And then you also need to make sure that you have a proper cutting board that doesn't slip you know, one of those thin plastic sheets is just not going to work because, you know, you need a solid cutting space. You know, if you have all the accessories for whatever you do, you'll feel good about it. You know, if you have a clean refrigerator, little simple things, Mm -hmm. clean out your refrigerator and throw out food that, you know, is old or it just looks gross because then you'll be more encouraged to, you know, go into your refrigerator and fill it with better things. And once you fill it with like all the good food, you'll want to cook so much more. It's just little, little simple things. And, and then take an inventory of your cooking supplies and make sure that everything's in working condition. And if it's not, donate them, throw them out, you know, donate them to Goodwill or that's all you have to do. Get rid of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say for sure for everyone listening, uh, so good, sharp kitchen knives, number one, and different sizes of those. And the reason they're less dangerous is because when you have a dull knife, they will slip off of food and that's when you'll cut yourself. Yes, exactly. And I'll also say most places, like for me where I live, there's an Ace Hardware that sharpens knives and I take them down there and they, because a lot of people think they're sharpening knives, but they're not. They're sort of no. honing them. Yeah, they're honing the them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, getting them professionally sharpened is awesome. I will say, whenever they come back, I have to be extra careful <laughs> because yeah. they're so good. They're so sharp. Mm-hmm. I have to remember to think for a minute. But I get that done pretty often. I can just take them in, drop them off, pick them up a few days later, and they're and they're sharpened. So, to really think of those kinds of things, and for little kids too. Obviously, you wouldn't give them a huge, you know. No, like a five inch. Knife. Yeah, like a five but inch a chef's small, knife. They make smaller ones. Yep, a smaller, mm-hmm. sharp paring knife, and showing them properly how to use it, tucking their fingers in, holding things mm-hmm. correctly. Called a bear uh, claw. Yep, <laughs> the bear claw. The, the, these are the ways that you really can feel safer, and they can feel safer and more confident in the kitchen, and you yeah. can start to grow that relationship, mm-hmm. right, with food and yourself and the community. 
Yes, absolutely. And, you know, teaching kids, especially from a young age, especially girls, I think it's so important for them to learn how to cook because, you know, to me, it's a survival skill. Mm -hmm. And plus, you know, as they get older, they'll get more confident in their kitchen skills and they'll understand flavors. And then, then when they start to date, you know, people... I just think there's there's nothing sexier than a woman who knows how to cook. And, and in my experience, <laughs> oh. anytime I've had someone over, you know, that I'm with or, you know, I'm attracted to and they're attracted to me and then I cook something from them and they're like, who the heck are you? What's going on? <laughs> so I tell that to all, you know, my clients who are just like, I just want to, you know, meet someone nice and I just want to date. I'm like, well, maybe, you know, learn how to cook something. Just yeah. a thought. And Why I do want to give a shout out to the men to cook too. I teach oh, hell yeah. Away. I'm not going to say especially the girls. I'm going to say the boys too because that really impresses women. Oh, absolutely. Cook them a home-cooked meal? Oh, my Lord. Uh, and they know, again, that someone – because then they feel nourished. You're nourishing them in a different way other than just taking them out to eat or doing something like that. Oh. It's a really great – and it's a great thing to share in the kitchen. It's so attractive too, you know, mm -hmm. but I think cooking is a very sensual act, just like eating is a very sensual act. You know, you're treating your body really well with different foods that actually nourish you and do different things. And so that's what I teach women. I teach them all about, you know, holistic nutrition and nutrition and holistic nourishment, the energetic properties of food, which isn't really talked about, but since I'm, you know, in Eastern medicine, I understand that bit of it. And plus I went to health supportive culinary school, so I know how to cook all of these things. And I think it's so empowering for women to know how to heal themselves their food and to cook for themselves you know and it's so, so you, important can you talk about some <clears throat> of the uh ways to get more energy from our food oh yeah i okay. would say most of the women who are listening and men are feeling like i need more energy in my life and they're yeah. going to coffee and caffeine as a means of getting there yeah. uh, people are always shocked when i tell them i don't drink coffee uh and i don't it's not how i get my energy so can you talk about that yeah absolutely um first of all i love coffee just for the taste of it but not like that it peps me up or anything it really doesn't um i just love the taste of it but i try not to drink too much of it either i mean i probably maybe have a quarter of a cup once a week but other than that i i get all my energy through food and through sleep all the good things but yes food there are so many foods that are naturally uplifting and according to eastern medicine you know we eat I'll just get into this briefly. We eat within the five elements and the five phases that's very much connected to nature because we're connected to nature. Mm -hmm. And so all of us are, you know, have a dominant element. And that I'm not really going to get into that. But mm -hmm. within each of these elements, there are different foods that serve you in different ways. So in the fire element, that's where all the uplifting fire energy foods are. And if you know anything about fire energy, it's really that energy that gives you joy and laughter and makes you feel good and makes things happen. You're like up and doing stuff and it's really cool. So there are foods that naturally give you that kind of energy. So just to mouth some off, shrimp as a protein gives you a natural boost of energy. It's not one of those proteins that bogs you down and makes you feel grounded. It actually boosts you up. Strawberries and berries are another good one. Anytime, you know, anyone has, um, berries are very good for women because they're blood building, but they just give you that like natural boost of energy. It has the right amount of sugar to pep you up. Um, it just has amazing antioxidants in it. So, like strawberries are amazing for you, especially mostly when they're in season. Mm -hmm. um, quinoa as a grain is really good. Um, it's like one of the grains of the gods. It has good amount of amino acids in it and it's light, it's gluten-free. It's just one of those grains that's really good for energy. Um, for vegetables, uh, radicchio is really good for energy. Mm -hmm. That bitterness just like yep. peps you yep. up. 
Um, dandelion greens are really good. Anything from the dandelion family is actually really good, from the flower to the greens um, to, the, to the roots for the teas are really good. Sunflower seeds are amazing for energy as well, and pumpkin seeds. And pumpkin seeds have a ton of protein in it. I think for a half a cup of protein, it has about, I mean, half a cup of pumpkin seeds it has 15 grams of protein. Wow. Wow. I know. That's so it's amazing. really, yeah, it's really great to just add into everything just to get that extra protein. But all of those foods will help you take action, boost your energy, and then increase the feeling of joy in your body. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, kind of crazy. Do, do other bitter greens like arugula, does that? Arugula does that too. Arugula is more grounding, but it also does like pep you up. Pretty okay. much mostly any leafy green does great. give you that boost of energy, but it's tough because sometimes people can't digest it as well as others. So what oh. I say is make sure you, in every meal that you have, make sure you have a good amount of cooked foods and then also raw foods just to help with the digestion process. It's really important to have cooked vegetables as well, you know, that's cooked in a good kind of... Um, you know, a good kind of fat like an olive oil or a coconut oil because that moisturizes the food and helps digest better because our stomach and our spleen, they want to be warm, right? And they don't want like anything cold in it. You splash cold in there, we have bad digestion problems. Wow. Unless it's the summertime. If it's the summertime and it's really hot outside, your body de definitely does want a little bit of cold, but okay. it's tough when it comes to smoothies and, you know, really raw salads that don't have any cooked elements in it because that it makes that much harder for our, us to digest. And here's the thing. People think that when you have raw vegetables um, that, you know, you'll have a lot of energy. Yes and no. The problem with raw, if you have too much raw, is that our stomach then will just work like a machine and just expel tons of energy to break down all those raw vegetables. And it's almost too much. So then what happens? We get tired, you wow. know? It's kind of crazy. It works the opposite. So what I say wow. is in salads, make sure you have some cooked, you know, foods in there, like, you know, some cooked legumes, um, maybe some, you know, cooked mushrooms, some cooked proteins. Um, what else? Let me see. Some roasted red peppers, just something else mm -hmm. in there that other foods that you get that balance of raw and cooked to help mm -hmm. digest those raw foods better. That's great. That way you stay up. Yeah. Well, and I think about <laughs> women, especially and salads kind of go hand in hand, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I often see women putting, you know, the low fat or the no fat dressing and the because they're looking to have no calories more or less. And to me, that's not, again, like we said, nourishing it to have just to be full with no calories. So yeah. how do you speak to that part? Because I just think people get so hooked on the calories and counting those as yeah. opposed to... 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Really thinking about fuel. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, we, we need to eat for our energy system. And in Eastern medicine, that's all we talk about. And it's not really talked about anywhere. I never see any kind of publication or any, any article about the energy system, but with the Eastern medicine energy system is primary. So if you reset your mind to say, I'm going to eat for my energy, we'll eat a completely different way. I don't really understand the whole calorie counting thing. I mean, I've tried to get it because I've had clients that have done Weight Watchers and I'm like, okay, but I don't really understand because to me, it's not about those numbers. It's really about eating for yourself and understanding what your body needs and listening to your body and really tuning in and understanding, okay, am I hungry or am I thirsty or does my body need a soup? Do I feel cold internally? You know, what do I need? You know, do I have low blood sugar? Do I need some red meat? It's really a matter of tuning into yourself and figuring out what you need and what your body needs rather than counting calories. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. And I feel, I feel bad saying that. I really don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done, I feel like I've done all those diets except for, you know, the counting, the counting numbers thing. But it's really, really tough. It's more just asking yourself, what does my body need? And adding something green into every meal every single day, whether, you know, it's powdered greens or, you know, cooked or raw add something green into every single meal and make sure you eat to feel satisfied, not to feel engorged and super full. There's a huge difference. Oh, and yeah. taking your time when you eat is also a big, big deal because, you know, I know people who just wolf down their food and don't enjoy it. And that's where gratitude comes in. You know, you have almost have to look at your food and not really pray, but just say a little mantra. Like, oh, I'm so grateful that I have this meal and I'm going to eat it with pleasure. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's great. No, it makes yeah. perfect sense. And I think that piece about <clears throat> listening to ourselves or even around portions, I, I get teased a lot because I don't eat a lot at once. I love to eat, but I eat all day, but I don't eat a lot at one time. Um, and because I never like I'll eat even a cookie and I'll have one bite left and I won't finish it if I'm done. Yeah. And, you know, Gary's always teased me. He's like, really? One last bite? And I'm like, that's, I don't. And so I think when we finish things, it's something to look at, you know, mm-hmm. always in our heads. Like, am I finishing this because I was young and I was told to finish my plate or yes. I had to eat A, B, or C to have a, a dessert or something? What, you know, I was told children were star- starving in Africa, you know, yeah. depending on when you were born, you know, you got told certain things. And so, there's a, I think there's a level of, oh, it's this time of day, so I'm going to eat, or it's, I have this much food, so I'm going to eat it all. And there's a way of really listening, again, which to me is linked to our sensuality, because when we're really listening to our bodies and we're really in touch, it's a, when you meet people like this, you're really drawn to them. I'm drawn to them. When I meet people who are really in touch with themselves, who seem very in the moment, who are really right there. And that's such a piece of sexiness and, and attractiveness, or attractiveness and, is on a bigger level. Uh, yeah, confidence. You know, those people exude confidence and they exude sensuality. And, you know, for some people it can be fascinating and amazing and you're just so, you know, you're so enthralled by them. And then other people, it's intimidating. 
So it really yeah. just depends on where you're at, but that's, you know, the person who's looking at them, that's, that's their own perception. It's not mm-hmm. yours, but I do agree. Like if you know yourself and you're in tune with yourself, it is very much a sensual thing. And that's why I teach this and I teach women, you know, how to feel good about their cooking and also how to create a better relationship with food because mm-hmm. there are so many people in this country who have terrible relationships with food because of traumas that have happened when they were younger, yeah. you know, or, you know, they just, no one cooked for them and they, they didn't learn properly how to, how to cook anything or, mm. you know, just unfortunate situations. And so they don't have a good relationship. So then what happens? They binge eat on random packaged foods and, you know, they feel bad about themselves. And so I really help them create a better relationship with food, create a better relationship with cooking. And then it just naturally happens where they feel good about themselves because of it. And then they start tapping into the sensuality and like feeling super sexy and confident. And (laughs) that make, that turns me on. Uh, (laughs) That, that turns me on. It's so great. It's great. I know people are going to want very practical suggestions. So if, mm-hmm. and I like the ones you're giving. So like for breakfast, oh, okay. what are, what are great ideas to have for breakfast to start the day well, to have some energy to move forward? Okay. I'm going to get very general, general, okay. um, because advice, because you know, it's everyone's everyone, different. No, everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone processes things differently. There is no one diet. I hate that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so number one thing, eat your protein in the morning. This is a controversy. Mm-hmm. Eat your protein because Not to me. no, you, you oh, I eat tons it, of protein in the morning. Good, okay. and you have to make it in a way the biggest meal of your of your it day. My biggest meal. <clears throat> yep. Yes, because in Eastern medicine, there's a thing called the cycle of tides, and it's where every organ in your body goes through the energy expelling process, and so your stomach goes through that in the morning from seven to nine in the morning. That's why they say have breakfast in the morning. So definitely eat all of your protein because if you eat your protein in the biggest meal in the morning, you will have the energy dispersed throughout your body throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So you know that saying, I think it's breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, dinner like a pauper. I think that's how it goes. I forget. <laughs> okay. Something good. like that. Yeah. So eat the biggest meal in the morning and then smaller lunch and then a smaller dinner. Mm-hmm. Have some tea after that for sure. And try cool. not to eat past, you know... 7, 8 a.m. It's a p.m. So if you eat breakfast in the morning at like 7, 8 a.m., don't eat past 7, 8 p.m. Because you, get, you have to give your body that full 12 hours to do a deep cleaning overnight because your body wants to rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I think this is really important because I know a lot of people skip breakfast completely oh. or they are saving calories for later, which drives me crazy. Uh, and what I, what I know, and actually what all the research shows is that when you do eat breakfast, that actually helps you eat less calories as the day goes on, if you're counting calories, uh, not the opposite, but I think it's what you eat. So if I woke up and ate a bagel, I'm, I'm hungry for hour. I just want to eat. Yeah. <laughs> like that's all I want to do is eat. If that's what I ate first thing. And, uh, but when I eat heavy protein, which is what I do and vegetables, I'm very sated for a really long time. It's very different. I make sure in the morning my go-to are two eggs. You know, if I have, you know, some good quality bacon or good quality, you know, chicken sausage, I'll have Mm -hmm. like a piece of that. Um, Some vegetables, I always throw in a vegetable. I don't care. If it's green, I'll throw it in. Doesn't matter, you know? And then I make sure I have a grain on top of that because it's really good to have grains throughout the day because Mm -hmm. grains really ground you. Um, And they're really, they're they're a great... um, they're a great carb to have. Even a sweet potato, half a sweet okay. potato is great too. 
But the more natural, the better. So what other grains? Because I have to admit, I don't do the grains in the morning. What are, what are other grains to eat? You said quinoa. Quinoa is good. It's not my favorite grain. My favorite grain, it. yeah, it's okay. Um, I like it more as an added to like a salad or something. Right. I, think that's I the feel the same I way. Quinoa. Not as like the main event. Yeah. Yeah. Don't love it. Like it's, it's okay. Um, I really love farro. Mm. Millet is a great grain. Oh. Millet is great um, because to me it tastes like a combination of rice, pasta, and grits all at the same time. <laughs> that's and great. It's, it's really easy to make. And it is one of the only grains that's, I call it like the grain of the gods. It's like the magical grain because it has all nine amino acids in it, which is really rare for grains. So it helps digest better and it just tastes better with like everything. So I really love millet. It's a good go-to. Um, let me see what else. I mentioned farro already. Mm-hmm. Um, brown rice, great staple. Okay. Basmati rice, short grain rice, mm-hmm. long grain. Wild rice is really good too. Great. Pretty much any rices. Rices are a go-to in my life because they're one of the only foods that not a lot of people are allergic to. I never hear mm-hmm. that you're allergic to rice. Rice and potatoes. That's funny. You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't think I know anyone who's allergic to rice. You're <clears throat> correct. That's interesting. And it's been around for thousands and thousands right. of years. And right. so if you think about it, because everybody is satiated with allergies right now, especially mm-hmm. where you live, you know, yeah. there's aller- pollen everywhere and people are just allergic to all these foods. Rice is one of those foods that mm. no one's allergic to. You got to wonder it. why. Isn't that cool? Oh, so it's so nice. So you could have a little rice bowl in the morning with, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. some great protein in there. And yeah. I tell people a lot that whatever you have, like what you usually would have for dinner is often actually great for breakfast as yes. opposed to dinner. Yes. And so and the other so you can have chicken and grilled chicken in there. Mm-hmm. I eat sushi sometimes for breakfast. Oh, awesome. <laughs> uh, love I that. love it if I can do that, you know, from the night before. Um, but the other thing to think, you know, for all these busy moms out there and people listening is I know for me I'll make let's say a lot of uh, spinach at night, you know, Mm -hmm. with some good roasted garlic and whatever. And I just make a ton and then I have it as leftover to just throw into my eggs in the morning. Exactly. I have to admit, I throw a little goat cheese in there and I'm a very happy customer. And it's delicious. So I can't wait to eat it. It's Mm -hmm. so yummy and good and it's very filling and satisfying. And I often will even have a chicken apple sausage with that. (laughs) Yeah, no, that sounds really heavy on the... I just don't have grains. So now I'm going to think about putting grains in there. If it works for you, you know, try it. You know, I mean, our bodies are our biggest, you know, test dummies. We just try out what works and how we feel. And Great. that's like the best thing you can do. And I think with cooking, the simpler, the better. Yeah. You know, people think that we have to add all these sauces and do all these things. No, it's not necessarily the case. Like most times we just need a good quality fat and some good quality salt. And yes. that's pretty much it. Maybe an yeah. acid if you, you know, really want, you know, if the, if the mm-hmm. flavor is off, but that's pretty much it. Cooking is super simple. That's the simpler great. the better. Okay. So what else do you want to suggest to people to have more mm. energy, to feel better in the kitchen, to bring in oh, I have so many things to say. Right. Okay, here we go. Well, I already talked about having a good attitude. That's important. Mm-hmm. And this is what people don't think about. You know, food should nourish us on the deepest levels. And so eating with joy and gratitude is so important, even if you're eating a gourmet dinner or a simple carrot or even fast food. Harboring mm-hmm. Feelings of guilt and anger, stress when you're eating is just going to make it harder for you to digest. So, no matter what you eat, even if it's bad, it's better to resolve it and enjoy it for your body's sake. Great. I say that. Um, 
abide by the 80-20 rule. Some people know what this is and some people don't. It's just meaning you eat well most of the time. This will allow you 20% of the time to play with your food and, you know, maybe have, you know, if you're at a ball game, have a hot dog, that's okay. But just knowing, you know, what you're eating and just being aware and saying, okay, well, I had this, you know, bad pizza. So for the next three or four days, I'm going to eat really well. And just yeah. giving yourself that moment and just not really stressing out about it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, eat tons of vegetables. I feel like, you know, we always talk about this, but it's really important to get seven to nine servings a day. But like what I just say, add in green and everything. That's yeah. pretty much it. As long as you do that, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> you'll, you'll get the kind of fiber that you need. You know, it should be about 65% of your daily intake. But if you make like, you know, 40 to 50% of your plate greens and like throw them in your eggs, for example, or, you know, mm-hmm. throw them in a soup, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Just do what you got to do to get those vegetables in there. Um, let me see. This is important. And this sounds like something that your mother would tell you, but chew your food. You know, digestion begins in your mouth with the enzyme amylase. And when you take the time, your time to chew your food well, you won't get bloated. You won't have the digestion problems. It'll improve dramatically. And also, it's a way to be way more mindful and sensual about your eating. Mm-hmm. And as you're chewing, ask yourself, how does this taste? What is this texture? Do I like this? Um, oh my God, you know, what is this flavor that's going down my throat and really making it a romantic process to eat? If you just took five minutes to sit, literally five minutes, put it on your, on your phone and time yourself, five minutes to just sit down, eat your food, close your eyes, it'll have a totally different experience and effect on you. That's going to be everybody's homework is listening. <laughs> set a timer. And I'm going to say three minutes. Just set a timer for three minutes the next time you eat something and really be in the process of eating it and see what you, see what you notice. See, yeah. see what comes up. I think it's a great homework. Um, another thing, and this is, has nothing to do with specific foods, but mm-hmm. more so about, you know, there is no bad foods. It's not a matter of good or bad. Um, it really is, especially when you're looking at whole real foods, you know, like meat. There's a bunch of stuff about plant-based, you know, diets and vegan diets. And I used to be a hardcore strict vegan for six years and that was my life. And I was, I was the judgmental kind, you know, where I would look at, you know, if you were eating a steak, I'd yeah. be like, did you know where that came from? Uh-huh. I was a jerk. Mm-hmm. But I learned in, you know, health supportive culinary school that it's not about, you know, whether, you know, it's, it has animal product or not. What I learned is that sometimes meat can be good for you, especially if you're anemic. Mm-hmm. If you have high blood pressure and high cholesterol, not so much. But it's right. more about the quality of these whole foods and making sure they're whole. That's what yeah. it's about. And then, you know, understanding as long as you eat a variety of whole foods, you're good to go. Just and everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. that's really. Oh, I love that's that. Really that's really it. My- that's my mantra of, of, of it all. Cause I admit I eat, everyone knows I call myself a food pervert who's listening. Um, <laughs> and so, so it, I do. And my mantra is I always try things and I just have very little of it. I do it that way and then make sure the bulk of what I'm eating is, you know, some very kind of steady stuff. And the other thing I want to throw out there for folks is if you're always deciding what you're going to eat, like every minute, it becomes your, you break down your willpower. And so all day long, you're just, oh, what's, what do I feel like now? What do I feel like now? What do I feel like now? And all those feelings get very involved as opposed to really going deeper than the top feeling, which is really what's going to nourish me. Cause that's not 
if I feel anxious or agitated or angry or upset or happy or whatever, we react to those feelings instead of the true inner one of, do I feel nourished? What do I need right now? Mm -hmm. And that's a different question. So for me, like I have this, I tend to have the same breakfast in the morning or I really kind of know the night before, like, oh, I've made extra mushrooms. That's going to go on my eggs tomorrow. Or, oh, I yeah. bought this really good bacon. I'm going to eat that tomorrow. I can't wait, you know, something like that. So it's sort of decided. So I'm not standing in the refrigerator staring at it going, what now? Yeah. And I, I think that's how a lot of people get into trouble. And they're so reliant on this idea of, well, I won't know what I'm going to want tomorrow. And I usually say to them, it's interesting when you start eating healthier, you have a better idea of the things you like to eat. It's mm -hmm. when we're eating kind of crappy that we're wanting all kinds of different crap. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, on that, you're right. And I, on that note, you give yourself permission to experiment. You know, how well, would like you that. know? How would you know that you like these particular kinds of mushrooms if you didn't just try them? Yeah. So with one of my clients in particular, and she does not like vegetables at all. She's anti-vegetable. Uh -huh. I said, okay, here's the deal. You have to learn how to hide them in your food and become a professional at it mm -hmm. because then you won't care about the taste. You'll just get the nutrients. She wants right. to change. And I think that's awesome. You know, it starts with deciding. Yeah. But um, I just said every week, get something different and see how you feel about it. And if you Love don't it. like it, don't look at it as a failure. It's not a failure. It's you figuring out exactly what you like and what your body needs. And then ask yourself after you eat that, how does that truly make you feel? Not your thoughts about the vegetable, mm -hmm. but how does your body feel? You oh, know, that's great. It's just so, so interesting. I love it. So that's going to be my second homework <clears throat> for folks is to get something in the supermarket this week or at the farmer's market or wherever that you haven't bought before. That weird looking star fruit or that, you know, whatever, you know, that you haven't kiwi that berries funky, or whatever. Mushroom. Or, or go down that aisle and get the millet that you've never bought before yeah. and pick that up and make it. And get it in bulk. Try one more thing, you know, yeah, go in those bulk aisles that look so scary and try something weird. You can look up everything on YouTube these days, so it's not a problem. No, it's <laughs> Figure not. Figure out how to cut it open or to eat it or whatever. So that'll be there. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So and as we my... wrap up, I'm going to, uh, I want you to talk about this free quiz you have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you go to my website, it's www.kielejl.com, K-I-E-L-E-J-A-E-L.com. And that'll be in the show notes for everybody, mm -hmm. so you don't have to worry if you're driving right now. I have a quiz where you find out what element you are. It's called, what element are you? And like I was talking about before, you know, we're very much connected to nature and especially with the five elements. And so all of us are a dominant element and that has so many factors in it. You know, what feelings we're dominant in, um, you know, what our ambitions are, what foods we like. There's so many different factors. And so a lot of us, most of us are, have different elements that are combined, we're combined with, but the reality is we always have one element that is dominant in us. And I think it's really interesting information. So if you just take this, my quiz called what element are you? It's take you 30 seconds. Uh -huh. um, I'm going to email you back with, you know, exactly what foods you, um, should be eating, um, you know, what feelings you, you're having. There's a bunch. It's so juicy. I don't even know. Like, I love it. But there's so much in it. Um, and then that also gives you access to my email list and you get on my newsletter and I'm constantly just sending out a bunch of different things in my newsletter of what's going on and different offerings I have and mm -hmm. start to join the tribe. <laughs> That's great. 
great. Okay. Well, I love the quiz. I can't wait to take it myself. And thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. So thank you for having me. Full of information. It's so great. Thank you for having me. Okay, everybody. Thank you. And I'll see you next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.